Thanks for joining us for It's Good Sometimes, a mini podcast for busy people who feed kids. We are your hosts, Laren and Tammy, registered dietitians, co-founders of On Solid Ground Nutrition, and parents. As always, this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and does not replace advice from your primary healthcare provider or any specialist you're working with. Hey there. Hey. How are you? I'm okay. Good. Yeah. How are you? How's your week? It's, it was good. I thought I'd ask you a little question. Tell me what made you happy this weekend. Just Well, it was Mother's Day and yeah, I kind of just got a really low-key day to myself. So that was really nice. And <laughs> then my mom came over. So yeah. Oh, what about so you? Lovely. Yeah. I mean, we're moving. So <laughs> my life is about tasks right now. It's a but, very busy time. Yeah. But for all of you who are doing some form of mothering or have done or, you know, want to do, you know, I hope you had a good day yesterday. Yeah. It was beautiful in Vancouver. So that was really nice too. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have a question today. Yeah. This is a question <clears throat> we've been asked a lot. Yeah. We've been asked this multiple times in several, <laughs> in several different formats. So we thought we'd, we'd do this one um, as we kind of cruise into the back half of our season here. So the question is, how long can we reasonably expect a child to sit at the table at mealtimes? What and what is kind of reasonable in terms of expectations for like behavior or manners? Yeah, so I think I'm going to probably take the first half of this um, before we kind of delve into what like an exact time or a rough estimate. I think we're going to kind of lay the groundwork a little bit about kind of maybe kind of how to set the stage. And then at the very end, we'll talk a little bit about kind of timing. But I think there's some things with definitely with younger kids and you have older kids, so you can speak to this, but things you want to think about first off would kind of be transition time. So, or kind of routine before they sit down. So with younger kids, and um, I think this is pretty normal, they kind of need a bit of warning or an idea or um, a process, right, before they're kind of transitioning to the next thing that they're doing. Um, So if they are playing with a puzzle or they are deep into Lego or whatever it is that they are doing, if you then let them know a minute from now we're sitting down for dinner, that is probably not going to go over well because they're just really into what they're doing, right? So for our house, what we generally do is we set a timer because that our child has responded really well to that. And we kind of say, you know, when the timer goes off, that's our time to wash our hands. And then we're coming to sit at the dinner table. Um, I cannot tell you that that is a perfect process, <laughs> that that works every time. But definitely that gives her a lot of, she's kind of in the know. It gives her lots of warning. And also it's consistent. So that's the other thing is you kind of, whatever you start, it's really helpful if you can kind of be consistent with it. So then the child can kind of trust that, right? Yeah. And I would say, I don't know that that's necessarily exclusive to toddlers. Like yeah. I think, <laughs> tr- like truly because um, my kids are like, I have eight, 11, 13, some, something like that. Um, and, ages, yeah. I mean, that's it. Um, and I would say that's also something that's that's necessary just having that transition time um we use songs sometimes to kind of guide our routines yeah like that we have a going to school song it's the same it's been the same song every day for three years now i think and it's been like a game changer because it's completely 
cued right now. Like they hear it and they stop what they're doing. And sometimes I'll pre-warn them that it's coming. So, so that's another option. Or we used to, we did used to do a dinner bell. Oh, which was, (laughs) which made me feel very much like the pioneer. I thought I might be one day. So, okay. Anyways. So kind of a transition time or routine Mm -hmm. before they sit down. Um, the other one is, which is a big one, I think is don't sit them down until the meal is actually ready to be eaten. And the reason I thought of this is last week my mom was here. She tends to visit us once a week and she kind of sat the kids down probably about 10 minutes before the meal was actually ready. And, and which I think is a like you wouldn't think about it necessarily, but they're going to eat whatever is on the table, even if it's not a complete dinner, and then they're going to be done. They're going to want to get out of there pretty quickly. So I think if you can sit them down when everything is ready, then it gives you, it kind of optimizes your chances of having some meal time as a family, if that's important to you. Well, and do you think that's true even if you haven't put all the food on the table, like you, just the act of sitting for that long? Yeah, I think it, they just right. don't have the attention span, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is probably kid-dependent, too. All, all, all of the stuff I think we're saying today is probably kid-dependent. Yeah, and then another thing I was thinking that might be helpful is to think about is their seating. So are they comfortably seated? So f- especially mm-hmm. for younger kids and probably older kids, I mean... I'm a very petite person, so I'm not sure if I've ever been comfortably seated. Like sometimes my feet don't touch the ground when I sit on a chair and it's not great for your back and kind of just ergonomically. So for kids, um, you definitely want to try and find seating where they have back support and then also their feet are actually firmly planted on some type of surface. So that can make a big difference as well. Well, and if you have a fidgeter, right? Like a person who I did read, I cannot remember where I read this, but I read a great suggestion from um, a parent who was in a family of a bunch of people who really just couldn't sit still. And they actually ended up getting, um, I think it was swivel chairs for their table, just so that everybody kind of had a bit of movement. Yeah, to get out the energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that probably isn't like a safe toddler thing, but... um, for older it was actually her i think it was the partner as well there was like an adult and a couple of one or two of the kids who use these swivel chairs yeah so that's an option too yeah so seating is something to think about and then also being really clear about expectations um and kind of having clear boundaries around those expectations um i think it's really important like for younger kids especially they may or may not be hungry um and so we kind of have sometimes we do get some resistance from our older toddler and we generally just say you don't have to eat but we do you do have to come to the table and sit down and we are going to eat dinner as a family but you're you definitely don't have to eat if you're not hungry and so that's kind of a boundary that we stick pretty firmly to um that she does need to sit down with us and connect um and so i think depending on kind of what your family values are and what you want that might be something to think about as well well, and how do you frame that? Like, how, are you framing that as like, this is the rule? Or are you framing it as kind of, how are you framing it so that you don't end up with kind of that toddler or preschooler or older kid, that resistance to the rule, even if it's like, we like mealtime and, and whatever else? Very imperfectly. Okay. Um, <laughs> So we, I tend to just like right now what works is like, this is our, the family, one of our family rules is we do sit down when we eat. Um, but there, we don't, there's no pressure around eating. So I think 
her experience at mealtime has been pretty positive because we've never asked her to take a bite of vegetables or do kind of any of those pressure tactics. Mm. So she she genuinely has the trust with us that she is not, she does not have to eat when she sits down. It is more about just the process and kind of a routine. And um, one of my friends who has three children, kind of I remember when I had Olivia, she kind of said to me, whatever you start... <laughs> have a plan of how it's going to stop or if you're, you need to keep going. Like you really have to think about like some of those bigger things. And that's really stayed with me. I mean, she's very blunt and, but I just remember the expression on her face and that's really kind of rung true for us, right? Like it's been, um, so I think about that a lot. And so that process of we're kind of laying the groundwork right now that this is what we do as a family. Like we sit down at dinner time and we eat together as a family mm-hmm. and breakfast. So I'm, I'm pretty, um, pretty strict about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then kind of another one I was thinking about, I think I was going to pass it on to you about kind of creating kind of some like conversation at the dinner table. Yeah, I mean, I think (laughs) this is another one that's been, like, I would say a work in progress for us, but I really like the idea of, like, routines and rituals around meals. I mean, again, for us to um, mealtimes, like, to the best of our ability, right? I mean, sometimes we are not at home for dinner, sometimes there's not all, whatever. Like, a family meal can look like a lot of different things. Um, but we do try to sit down and eat together as often as possible. And one of the things I think about a lot is like the things like opening the meal, right? Like some kind of, like, for example, grace, right? Like we don't, my family doesn't, I didn't grow up in a, in a religious home, but grace is something that people use, right? Some kind of gratitude practice for opening the meal. Um, and that kind of, you know, besides being probably a very valuable spiritual practice is, um, is also cueing for people again. Um, but also things like involving. So (laughs) again, my kids are older and so they're quite frank about adult conversation being boring, right? Like they don't want to hear about the news, especially the news, right? (laughs) Like the world is the, the, the things that are happening in the world right now, are you just it's really hard to create it's hard to have conversation around them without scaring them depending on their age right and so um and also my my partner and I and we we disagree on a lot of things right so um so i think they've let us know that they find adult conversation both boring and hard to follow and so and and we feel the same about kids like sometimes they'll they'll be going on about like some book that they've read that we haven't read and they're talking really fast and all this stuff. So having some ideas about conversation and kind of the flow of conversation and making sure everyone's included. So I've heard of things like conversation jars and you like pull out a question and those kinds of things. Like those are all over. I would say you could look that up on the internet and find stuff. Um, So there's things like that, right? Like just ideas for supporting conversation that allows people to eat in a in an unstressful way because and that's inclusive and that's inclusive to everyone at the table right yeah so that's something i think about 
And then another thing I was thinking about was our mealtimes peaceful mm-hmm. and once again, to the best of our abilities, right? But there there can be lots of things going on at mealtime. If you have several children, um, it can be for some children too loud or too noisy. If there's lots of distractions, like if the TV's on, even for some kids, music might be too much for them. So kind of just to kind of check in and see what your mealtimes are like. If there's kind of, to add to what you said, kind of stressful conversation, um, the child might not want to come to the dinner table. Um, and also, is there pressure to eat certain foods, right? And that might just, it, it, it might just have the child less likely to come to the table. They might not be so motivated. So trying to create a neutral, peaceful mealtime can really make a big difference for a child. Yeah, I think, you know, to add to that, like, we're just, our minds and our guts are really connected. And so stress, and this is going to be different for different people, right? Like some kids, you know, a lot of stuff just rolls off their back. And some kids respond a lot to their, you know, the sensory environment or to stress or even perceived stress, right? Like some kids are just really sensitive to people's moods and things like that. So um, like I've got, I'll use an example. So I've got one child who like noise is really hard for them. And so this is where the conversation stuff comes in, right? Like the flow of conversation has to be pretty, there can't be a lot of like talking over each other. I mean, we have five people in our family, sometimes more. So like that's, we're trying to balance the child's needs with like just reality. But, um, and then we've got another child who's like a noisemaker, like rubbing like forks and knives together or like banging on the plate, just testing out all the sound and who likes to move yeah yeah and so like those those people have very different needs at the table and find opposite things stressful and so none of this stuff is easy right we're giving you stuff to think we're just giving you ideas yeah and so there's a lot of conversation in our house about kind of we'll we'll all do our best to support each other we know what each other wants and needs and siblings seem to have right like sometimes there's a fork and a knife and they are going to get rubbed together for the very specific purpose of annoying another sibling oh yeah um and like getting them to the point of yelling so like our mealtime is not always peaceful but i would say the things we really try to keep out of there is discipline not perfectly because sometimes it's (laughs) the only time we're all together but is is any kind of discipline and any kind of like um real like fights we've kind of try to de-escalate that pretty quickly just so that everyone can actually eat to a satisfying amount of food and then digest properly right okay and then also something to think about when you're kind of thinking about time or if you've had a child that maybe is um, having a hard time staying at the dinner table or mealtimes is kind of what is their mealtime pattern, right? So if they, you want to make sure that there is a gap between their snack and their meal um, and that there's like an adequate amount of time. So maybe two or three hours. And if they haven't, and also just with consideration, if they've had a really big snack, they might not have as much dinner, right? And that's okay. Um, but just kind of to be mindful of that pattern. Yeah. Um, and then one thing, so we're going to kind of leave you, I guess, with this idea of what would be a realistic amount of time. Ooh, can I add something first? Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Just about the distraction piece. If 
I think something that is a, a big deal in our house too that I didn't add around the peaceful meal times is the fact that we have a pretty strict no phones at the table rule when there's when it's family meals and I actually prefer that we don't show that to the kids at all anyways not because I think it's an inherently terrible thing that people do because I know that that's reality but I do think that it detracts from the message that I'm trying to send about why we're eating together which is that for me this is the time when all five of us are together and can connect as a family and the any kind of phones or and it, to be honest, it's usually, well, one of the parents, right? <laughs> Just kind of like sneaking it, sneaking yeah. it, reading the news or whatever. And, and again, that, that's totally understandable, but we just, I re we really do try to keep that away from the table just to kind of not set that as kind of the tone. Yeah. And, and just to really, really hammer home the point that this, that, that you are important and we are glad you're at the table and we, we really want to connect with you at this time. Yeah. We're yeah. present. Yeah. Okay, so realistic amount of time. So yeah. we've kind of seen various ideas out there about kind of what is appropriate. Um, we're going to give some really rough estimates because it is really going to be child dependent and you know your child best. But I would say probably for a toddler, probably five to ten minutes is a realistic expectation. Some toddlers, especially depending on their hunger level, um, some toddlers are going to go way longer. Like my kids generally will sit for like 30 minutes for the most part. Um, so it can be a big range. And then for older kids, probably 10 to 20 minutes would probably be realistic. Um, and then kind of with the caveat is you don't want to cut them off, obviously, like if they are, um, eating and really engaged in the meal, like let them go as long as they, until they are full. Right. Yeah. And I think family cultures are different, right? Like some people linger at the table and, and just chat. talk for a long time. And, um, and that like, there's no, these are really rough those estimates yeah i think it's more the the like minimum expected time i would say the only kind of thing to think about is that if there's a child who really dawdles over mealtime like really drags it out and lengthens it that is kind of another like that's probably not for discussion today but no. but can be um like something else could be going on there um and so it's certainly not a maximum or minimum. It's just like... Just a rough estimate. Yeah. yeah to yeah. give you a sense. We didn't really get into the back half of this question, which is like the reasonable expectations around behavior and manners. But we can... I think we're going to do, do, do that another two yeah. part two. We're almost at 20 minutes <laughs> and our goal is to kind of to, to have these less than 20 minutes. So where can you find us? You can find us on Instagram at OSG Nutrition or our website, www.osgnutrition.ca. We would love for you to give us some feedback or comment or send us a question. And we'd love to actually hear from you on, on this one. Like yeah. how, you know, how long do your kids sit at the table? How has that evolved? How do you, how do you make, like what, what are mealtimes like, right? How do you make them a connection time? You know, what do you do to open and close your meals? Because again, <laughs> like always looking for suggestions there. Yeah. So thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye.